presented by Google. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Eugene Daniels. It's Friday, December 1st. Here's what's driving the day. First off, we have been talking and kind of waiting to see how this epic battle would, would shape up. We're expecting today for there to be a vote on whether or not to expel New York Congressman George Santos from Congress. There are Republicans that are concerned about it creating a precedent. There seems to be more Republicans that are irritated, embarrassed, and angry at Santos for both his behavior on his bio and the House Ethics investigation report that came out last week. Anything can happen. This is a, this is a wild time in politics, but all signs point to Santos being expelled from Congress. Immediately, that would mean that Republicans have one less vote in their already thin margin, and two, you have the conversation about the precedent that was set from that as well. So watch this space <laughs> throughout the day. Um, and we might get our answer on whether or not they're going to actually expel him. And last night, Fox News host Sean Hannity moderated a debate between Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida and Governor Gavin Newsom. From California, Democrat versus Republican, it was marketed to us all as kind of a red versus blue debate about the policies of both of those states. And let's see who wins out. Joining us now to really dig into what we saw play out on stage between those two governors is California Bureau Chief Chris Catalago. So, Chris, going into this, this was kind of pitched to all of us as a governing philosophy debate, right? That it was going to be about how the different policies of Republican governors and Democratic governors can be compared. That doesn't feel like what we got. There was like a poop map. There was a lot going on. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's right. And to be fair, I mean, we spent some time talking to the moderator, Sean Hannity. I know he he spoke with the participants in this debate. And we think, based on what we know, that Newsom came in looking to defend California and then pivot off of that. But I do think we we have to note that seemingly every single question was sort of a tougher one for Newsom and kind of almost teeing it up for DeSantis. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of like, hey, Ron, blue state's bad. Your turn. Go. Yeah. And, and the other thing, and, you know, maybe we shouldn't be surprised by that. I mean, Newsom did talk about it being a two-on-one before it happened. But, I mean, at the same time, we had Hannity come in with prep on books that had been banned in Florida, there was no prep on behalf of Newsom. And so, you know, that was kind of just the vibe of it. And I think Newsom had to sort of perform in that environment. He had to take a lot of time, and I think he wanted to, to defend the Biden-Harris record, which is one of the reasons he was up there. And so for him, you know, he showed he could go on Fox and do something like this. And for DeSantis, who has really struggled in these multi-candidate debates, you know, he did get the one-on-one with Newsom that he wanted, and we got a lot more DeSantis than we've had in the first three Republican debates. So he should probably be pleased with how this went. I guess that's my question. Going into this, it felt like Newsom kind of had like low-risk, high-reward, right? With the two-on-one, a lot of Democrats are going to be excited about that. He gets to go on and talk about what he feels like are the accomplishments of the Biden-Harris administration. He gets to defend the Biden-Harris administration. He gets to knock down rumors that he is kind of waiting in the wings and has this shadow campaign. 
DeSantis had more to lose, considering he's the only one currently running for office. And I'm curious if you think that gamble that he made, one, what do, what do you think that gamble was? What was he trying to do? And do you think that paid off? I mean, I think it's pretty clear he was trying to get uninterrupted airtime on primetime on Fox against someone who's seen as an enemy in the Republican Party. You know, every punch he was going to throw at Newsom was something that that the Republican Party and voters could potentially cheer. I think on the flip side for DeSantis, he's really running out of time. And the thing we don't quite know yet is you turn that on and you see him debating a governor who's not running. Is that going to impress you? Is that going to is that going to make you think that he's prepared to really take on Donald Trump, who he hasn't debated yet? I don't know that he necessarily showed that. I think he was a little bit better than he's been. He had a lot more time. He had the host on his side for much of the night. But if you're asking if Ron DeSantis sort of changed the trajectory of the race, he didn't even come close. When I think about it, you know, as I'm watching it, what I'm thinking is this is just for the partisans, right? Like this was not about finding new voters. It wasn't about convincing people who were going to vote for Donald Trump, going to vote for Nikki Haley, to vote for Ron DeSantis. And, you know, the same could be said for Gavin Newsom, right? It was for the partisans. It was to get, you know, claps on the back from their respective teams, and I know you were just in a um, kind of gaggle with Newsom. How did he think he did? I think he thinks he did fine. I think the question <laughs> we don't know is there are a whole lot of Democrats who do watch Fox. There are also a whole lot of people who watch Fox, you know, 16 hours a day who don't often hear the kinds of arguments that Newsom was making. And I think we shouldn't really take that for granted. I mean, he went on there, you know, for 90 minutes and basically refuted a lot of the things that kind of run on a loop on Fox, including the fact that he's going to jump in when Biden drops out in 2024. So I think part of it is just entering the chat and just saying what he was going to say, knowing that, you know, it's probably not going to land with a majority of the audience. It often felt like, especially at the beginning, just like them yelling buzzwords at each other, right? <laughs> like the question was asked or Hannity tees up Governor DeSantis and they just start yelling out buzzwords that you and I hear a lot when we're paying attention to these folks. I'm curious, like, do you think that there was a, like a substance aspect to this debate or was this really just about style? I think it was largely about style, but a couple things on the substance. If you were tuning in to say, what are these guys really about? I, I would really give DeSantis the edge, right? Because he has a presidential campaign and he's leaning into a message in that campaign. For Newsom, you know, he's a little bit damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, because he doesn't really want to come on there with a message for himself because it sort of feeds into everything that's being said on Fox about him. And so he didn't really want to do that, but he did do a couple interesting things. A lot of the hits on DeSantis, including over immigration, over a few other major issues on there, were really coming at him from the right. Really something that Donald Trump might say. Uh, COVID was a big one. He shut down the beaches, he said, and he was he was, you know, buying into the Fauci line and he was wearing a mask in pictures. Those, I think, are more just to try to undermine DeSantis, try to sort of point out that he's a bully and a hypocrite. And I think from that point of view, it probably does get to the substance a little bit more than the style, what exactly he was saying there. 
course, he did come at him from the left as well on the shooting, the Parkland shooting, talking about not making changes to gun laws and, in fact, even maybe loosening them on background checks. And basically, you look at DeSantis in that moment, and for a lot of folks, it's a very emotional moment, and there was no emotion there. As I'm looking at kind of and hearing from folks about how they thought it went— it feels more like a Rorschach test than anything else, right? It doesn't feel like a lot of people who are maybe sometimes even watching the same debate. Sometimes it felt the two of them were in a completely, <laughs> were not working the same debate. And I'm curious if we zoom out and zoom out even further, what do you think the debate told us about our current politics that, that we have as we head um, into 2024? Yeah, there's like an Earth 2 alternate universe in this debate yeah, for a lot yeah. of people who are watching it. And I think, you know, we have to be honest that there are a lot of Republicans out there who are fearful of their nominee likely being Trump again. And there are a lot of Democrats who may end up voting for Biden, but are, you know, on pins and needles over it. And, you know, we have a kind of right wing media echo chamber that has gone far right. And I, I would not put Hannity in that category. And so, you know, in some ways, kind of a, a throwback alternate universe of candidates that might appear are certainly a lot younger and might appear more palatable to people and a host who people can kind of accept in some way. And it's the debate some viewers wish was the debate that was happening in 2024. And so that's sort of the subtext of it, I think, is some people are watching this thinking, why aren't these two guys the nominees? With that said, Chris Catalago, California Bureau Chief from a White House colleague of mine, thank you for joining and, and good luck as you have many stories to write, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> Take care. And for your schedule today, the Senate and the House are both in. Look at them working for a whole week straight. And President Biden has no public events today. Vice President Kamala Harris, however, is getting on a plane this morning and headed to Dubai for the climate change conference in Dubai, COP28. So that will be something to watch for over the weekend. The music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Callan Tansel Suddeth is our podcast producer. Annie Reese, Mike DeBonis, and Zach Stanton are our fearless editors. I'm Eugene Daniels. Thanks for listening. <laughs>